Hey, Spencer. Yes? Ask me how Blood Meridian's going for me. How's Blood Meridian going for you? I'm glad you asked, Spencer. It's going so well that last night I read 50 pages of The Hobbit. <laughs> instead of reading more Blood Meridian. And you know what? I really am liking The Hobbit. It's really good so far. You're going to be one of those guys. Next thing, I'm going to come I over. I think so. Now, I'm going to come over here in a week or two. Wizards and shit. Yeah, the whole, this, the whole studio is going to be like just robes and just like, <laughs> I don't know how you like you deck out the inside of a, you know, a Hobbit's house, but. Now, I heard one of the main critiques for the Lord of the Rings series is that it's kind of boring, like actually reading them. Uh, I don't know. I think we've talked about this before. Is the Hobbit, I know it's supposed to be before Lord of the Rings, but was it written before? That I'm not, I never gave that much of a shit about the series. It had like an introduction with like the text or something about it. And I'm, I had said like the Hobbit was like 1931 or something. So I think it came before Lord of the oh, Rings. Yeah. Not just like, you know, like as far as the series goes, but like, I think he actually wrote it before. No. But it, even so, it doesn't really matter. It's not boring. Like, I, it's just nonstop adventure so far. Well, I was going to say, I thought I I heard that The Hobbit is more of an adventure. Yeah, maybe The say. Lord of the Rings is what's boring. Yeah, because there's really, like, I think there's, like, I heard people complain about before, like, there's, like, pages of songs, and, you know, there's walking trees yeah. and things like that, but, I, yeah, I don't From know. From what I've read, some reviews, that's also what I gathered for those. But The Hobbit itself has just seemed so far a very fun and actually quite funny read is it's pretty comical and i'm enjoying it and also i can't i can't say yay or nay on if i'm enjoying it more because i'm also reading blood meridian so the whimsical nature of this book is just so much better than it might actually be like when you watch like a bunch of really shitty movies and then you see one that's just like kind of okay but you're like you know what that was great what you should do to test it is because I figure you you're you're finished the Hobbit before you finish Blood Meridian. Yeah. So the next book you start to read while you read Blood Meridian should be like like a Charlie Manson uh, biography, and then if, <laughs> if that's cheerful and, and like funny after reading you know Blood yeah. Meridian, then you know for sure. I'll read Haunted again by Chuck Palahniuk, and if I enjoy <laughs> that, I uh, at this rate I don't know who's disliking this book more, me, you, or Ash, because he's really. I don't even know if he's reading it anymore. He might just be yelling. <laughs> I, I'm not even joking. I was reading it on my lunch because that's what I'm going to... I can only read it on my lunch now, I think. But Are, are we going to have it done in time for the October? I don't know. I'm 100 pages in or something or maybe more, but I just... Like, I, I've literally found myself multiple times while reading Blood Meridian just going, oh, come on, really? Like, as I'm reading, not just because the story's fucking boring and stupid, just like... The way it's written, I'm just like, what is happening? So have, I don't know how many times I'm like, why do I have to reread this? Have you been Have you been introduced to that that uh, judge character? Yeah, and I don't know Cause, what the cause fuck that's his the, role that, is. That's supposed to be like the main one, bad guy, or, and one of like the main draws of the book but, is supposed to be this uh, this fucking bad guy. This supposedly the worst bad guy in all of literary. Literature, yeah. Well, he gave, like, this fucking page-long speech, and I didn't realize the person was talking. <laughs> well, because the way Fuckface wrote the book, I thought it was just narration. I thought he was... Because apparently the way the judge speaks is, you know, no one in else in his book speaks as eloquently as this judge, for one. But two, no person alive probably speaks the way this fucking judge did back in 1860-whatever. Yeah. So I'm just like, why... Why is this guy talking like this? That's why I thought it was a part of the narration. I was like, oh, fucking Cormac's just 
expo dumping on me. I'm like, oh, wait, that was a speech. That guy just gave a speech. But it's like we, we talked before uh, off air about, like, the quotation marks aren't that bad whenever it's just, like, white dialogue back yeah. and forth. Like, I don't get messed up on who's talking to who and that. But, like, we were saying, like, you know, sometimes you're in the middle of a, in a paragraph describing something. but You'll then just you, throw it in. But then, but, but sometimes you have to throw in that dialogue tag yeah. of whatever and then, but still continue on in that paragraph. But when you don't have those quotation marks, you don't know if, like, who's saying that, if somebody's saying that. Well, somebody in our classic lit group, when I was complaining about it, they posted a picture of some book they're reading, just like a page, and and because they never read Blood Marine, and they uh they're like, is it like this? And I was reading the page, and I don't know what story they were reading. I never heard of it before, but it was like a huge block of text, like just a whole page, like a paragraph, and it was multiple people and the narration and the, oh. the, the well. Here's the thing, though, it's weird. And, like, the descriptions and, like, everything was just in this one block. So, it would be, like, one person speaking and then another person speaking and then there's narration. And it's all involved in the same thing. But the way they broke, no quotations, but the way it was written, you actually understood everything. It flowed like a conversation. Huh. Uh, like, how me and you were just sitting here talking without half, like, they still have, like, some, you know, dialogue tags and stuff. It was just done in a way where you can understand it. And I'm like, why couldn't Cormac McCarthy do that? Because his is not as nearly as complicated as that was. Yeah, as we again, as we were saying before, he's a very simplistic storyteller, yeah. kind of. Most of this book seems to be him just fucking describing the setting in the desert. I think he just likes the Old West. Does he? Or does he hate the Old yeah. West? And he just wants to write... What was that? I sent you the Stephen King video. What? Uh, Lonesome Doves. That's one of the books I looked up. He said he really liked it, or it's like his favorite book, or one he can read all the time. Yeah. I forget which one it was, but uh, I looked it up, and that won the Pulitzer for uh, literature. I forget when, but it's a Western. Yeah. It's like one of the best Westerns of all time, so that might be something if we actually want to read a real Western. Well, this is supposed to be, Blood Meridian is supposed to be the anti-Western. And see, like, because uh, I told you whenever I was trying to look up things today, um, on, my, on one of my breaks about Blood Meridian. So, like, when I finally do get done, I have some videos keyed up to maybe try to tell me what actually happened in the story. Yeah. And I came across the, a trailer for it, and it was supposed to say, and it was saying, you know, Cormac McCarthy at the end of, mm. of the, the best Western ever, like, written. And I was like, I don't, I don't know about that. Like, this is clearly not a Western, at least so far. It's set. And, like, kind of Wild West. Like, everything should be Western, but the story itself is not Western. And, like, nobody has names. It's the kid. It's the it's Sarge or Captain. They had Toadvine. Was that a guy's name? Is that a name, though? I don't know. That's another one. I didn't realize. Toadvine. Like, there's a couple characters. I, I can't tell if they're different characters or if it's just a different name for the same character. I'm, like, confused. Because uh, for a while I thought Toadvine was the judge, but then I realized it's not the judge because the judge is called the judge. It's like okay, but Makes then sense. but then like somebody else was talking and it was like a dialogue back and forth between Toadvine and some other guy, and I was just is Toadvine talking to himself? Who's this? I thought this other guy was Toadvine. Who the fuck is Toadvine? He doesn't have ears. I know that. So is it is it Toadvine or Toadvine? Like like a frog or like a like like your on your foot? I thought it was like Toad. Like T O A D. I don't. I, I don't. 
Again, that's just kind of how confusing it is. I don't remember coming across that guy yet. Oh, you did already, because that's okay. the one. That's the guy he fought in the mud. Oh, again, okay. so muddled yeah. that you're just like, what? Yeah, that's who he fought in the mud. Okay, but then he just like the guy's not involved anymore. But then all of a sudden he's back involved. And oh, I, really? And I have no idea how that happened. Yeah, because that guy's like a big, like hunking brute kind of guy, isn't he? Yeah, with no ears. Oh yeah, I think you do. I I do remember something about that now, but he's yeah, his name's Toad Vine. Uh, he's pretty freaky looking from these pictures. He almost looks like Charlie Manson. I don't like his story. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> this book. I don't like why. Like honestly, and I know you won't like this. The only things I've been liking are the Spanish parts. I'm just looking forward to this, so I can just flip through them. I yeah. mean, you can just use the Google Translate picture thing on your phone like oh it, really yeah if you have the translate app you uh just has the camera button you just hit it and hold it up to your phone and it just immediately will it just it oh. changes the text so you just look oh, at okay. it and it just looks like you're reading normal english because hmm. i had to do that a couple of times because like i said i didn't think cormac mccarthy was using spanish correctly or if it was just supposed to be like slang because i wouldn't know slang spanish like yeah. i'd be very grammatically correct spanish you know any of the spanish I, you'd be I'm very learning. white guy spanish yeah i'm very school fucking spanish so you know it, even if it's just like a natural way spanish people speak uh reading that i I don't know the difference like i would be like is this this looks wrong to me but uh i so i had to use it for a couple of those things just to make sure like because some of the word choices he's using i was like that doesn't mean what i think it means and it does Turns out it has multiple meanings, which, again, we wouldn't know because we're fucking dumb yanks. Yeah. Dirty gringos, if you will. But anyway, I want to end this on idea Ash gave me, which I think is a fantastic idea. Because he listened to the last episode. I would imagine the title, Caleb Botches Scary Stories or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Probably yeah, probably caught his attention, I yeah. imagine. He really enjoyed it, how angry I was getting. And uh, at one point, I think you suggested that if I pr- mispronounce a word or one I can't read, to bring it up to the Google Translate and just hold it up to the thing, <laughs> yeah. you know, or like how they do the pronunciation on Google. Yeah. Uh, he said, if we come across any words like that, we should just send it to him and he'll do the pronunciation in either Nigel Thornberry or Alex Jones voice. And then I could just splice it in. <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> I thought that was a great idea. So anyway, uh, stick around, folks. We will come up with an idea during this hiatus, which only actually lasts 30 seconds. But for us, it could be infinity. You don't know. Hell of a cold open. About a, It's a cold open about an episode that we'll be having later. <laughs> Super cold. The DPW podcast. What is that? Is that supposed to be your, like your weeping like lady? Yeah, I'm like a breathy vampiris of the night. You're like a you. You more sound like a like a ghost sex operating line. <laughs> yeah. By the way, your name today. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna mispronounce it. What so a surprise. Uh, but I'm gonna mispronounce it purposely because it's gonna be hilarious also not purposely but (laughs) if it is mispronounced just say i did it on purpose um i am your host caleb james with me today spencer the anchorage asswang church um an asswang is a shape-shifting evil entity part vampire ghoul witch that preys on pregnant women and young children by the way that's 
mean? It's cool. It's A S. It's cool. It's A S Wang. <laughs> so it could be As Wang probably, but Ass Wang. Yeah. That's clearly, what I'm gonna yeah. go with. You're an Ass Wanger. Uh, from Anchorage, and I just said Anchorage. One because it landed on the board, but two because you know the thirty days. What is it? Thirty nights. Uh. Thirty days and nights. Yeah. Whatever the fuck. The vampire shit. What's that? You mentioned monsters, and monsters? your name was a monster today? What? What are we talking about? Maybe we should talk about monsters. Whoa. The monster mash. They were doing the mash. <laughs> the monster mash. Was there like a growl or something in there? If, if I could sing like that guy that does that, because I watched that video of him live doing it oh, many yeah. times. That's what that's from. Is like the live version. That's just how that guy sounded, and he looked like he sounded. It was great. And I just, if I, I, I just imagine like a, like a short, stocky, squirrel fellow. Like. Yeah. We'll watch that after this. If I, if I sounded like that, I would always sound like that. I would never use a real voice. I'd be like Gilbert Godfrey. I would never use my real voice. I would always, always just sound like that. It was a macho man. Ah, uh, yeah. Did, well, macho man, I think actually talk like that though. Did you ever hear Gilbert Godfrey when he's not doing that voice? There was, I forget what it was. It was like on a late show or something. They played a, a voice recording. It was like he left somebody a voicemail, and he was just be, hey, it's Gilbert. How are you? He literally didn't yeah. sound anything like that. Because even when he does talk shows like Howard Stern or whatever. Yeah, he's on. Yeah, but even when you think he's not on, and you're just like, oh, that's like his normal voice, and it just sounds a little like that, that's not his normal voice either. He sounded like a debonair dude. Yeah. Like, he was a very suave sounding compared to, you know, that guy. So imagine having to fucking talk like that, though. Ugh. Just your throat. Yeah. No wonder he's always making that face. Like, let's get back to what we were talking about. Now, are we going the mythical monster route, or are we are we talking about crafting our own monster, or what makes a good monster? Uh, we'll start with what makes a good monster, yeah. folks. We're winging this because we're flapping vampires of the night. Um, what I think makes a good monster. Did we talk about this before? I mean, I'm sure we brought up some part of the top, you know, part of the topic. Before. I feel like we did a monster episode. Well, we'll do it again. It's probably, I, if we did, it was back in the old days. The bad days, days yeah. the dark days. What I think makes a good monster isn't just the appearance. It's more of what you don't see. That's what always is scary about monsters, like vampires. Why are vampires so scary? Because you don't, you don't like Dracula, for instance. You didn't really see Dracula. He was, you know, you knew, like when he was feeding on, uh, I forget the fucking lady's name. When he was feeding on the women, like it was always just like this mist. Yeah. And then you knew what it was. You knew who Dracula was. You knew what was happening for the most part, unless you read it back then. You didn't, but you know, modern reader knows what Dracula is, but you don't actually see Dracula. No. You just you know the menace. And, and when you do, it's like small things, like yeah. him, like crawling out of his window down the side of the building. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like like well, he's like the prototype like of the classic monster in that you see him in pieces, you know, in yeah. parts. Like it's a slow buildup. If you think of any classic monster mo- movie, you don't just see the monster right away. No, that's the big climax. Is the you know reveal of this terrible monster, especially if it's something you haven't seen before. So what you have is and then, like and pieces also- throughout the movie or the book that allude or slightly show the monster, maybe in the shadows, maybe a part of its face, maybe a hoof or something. Yeah, because it's always the um, kind of better let the the reader imagine it for themselves 
because a lot of times they're gonna it's gonna be better than what you're trying to yeah you know uh, put into their head yeah if you do the reveal you know immediately chances are they're gonna be like eh that's cool and all but you know there's no imagination it's not gonna be scary it's not gonna be as scary after that. Uh, that's why any franchise after the initial, like, you know, think of the Nightmare on Elm Street or uh, Friday the 13th, after the initial reveal of the bad guy, uh, future installments rely more on, like, the jump scares, the atmosphere, maybe, different things like that. You can't use the character itself the as the scary. Acts. Yeah. Uh, you can't just use the character as it's uh as, as what's going to scare the audience because they know the character now. They can be scared of the character, you know. Uh, you can be scared of Freddy Krueger, but as far as, you know, the reveal, when's he going to come out, you, are, you already know him, so it's not like his appearance is going to frighten you anymore. It's just anything, you know, everything else that comes. Uh, another thing I think makes a really good monster is the um, the aspect of being deeper than just the idea of, like, the physical harm it can cause you. Or, you know, it just being like a menacing monster, like going back to Dracula. What was so scary about Dracula? It wasn't just that he can kill you, you know, it's that he's feeding on your loved ones. Yeah. He's slowly killing you. Um, or turning you. Or turning you. Frankenstein's monster. Why was Frankenstein's monster scary? It wasn't just because he was a big hulking zombie monster. Like, yeah, that's scary. But what's scary about him is, you know, for one... It's an uh, it alludes to what's gonna await us all death. Two, it's what happens after death because we don't know. Well, what if there's nothing, or what if there is something, and what if it's uh, you know you can be brought back from that something that you you know you can be brought back from the unknown, yeah. and now you're just the, you know you could be this fucking evil well, monster. Well, what I always thought was an interesting concept, uh, or like an aspect of Frankenstein, and like I haven't got around to reading the actual novel yet. Uh, because you've raised so much about it and stuff. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if they touch upon this at all. But it's like that, like how you said, like you could bring somebody back from the dead. But like, he's a hodgepodge of people. Well, who would get brought back in that scenario? So if like, say if like a soul doesn't get brought back, but something like what's uh, so like, what is that same thing then yeah. inside of the monster? Is it something new was it like some uh, like a mixture of the people, or would it just be the guy who had the brain of it? Because that doesn't seem, you know. I think what you're describing more than Frankenstein, because Frankenstein didn't really go into that much stuff. Like the main horror of Frankenstein was uh, actually the humans. It were, you oh know, yeah, it was about being scared of what you don't know and rejecting something that looks different than what you're used to. And but, hating something for no real reason other than, you know, it's not attractive. But what you were talking about is more actually Pet cemetery. Yeah. Where you think, you know, you bring, you know, sometimes dead is better. You bring back your loved one. Technically, it's still your loved one, but there's something foul in there. Like, is it the soul's gone? I didn't read the book, yet, so I don't know. I just I can only go by the movies. Like, is there any explanation of what happens to their soul, or do they not have a soul? Do they just go to an evil realm and evil's implanted in them, or what? I don't. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a while since I read it, but if I remember correctly, I think it's not like the actual like soul of the person who died. It's like it's kind of like an evil because it's like it's an Indian burial ground, so. I think it also looks like they're cursed. Yeah, so um, I think it's more along that line. 
But what I um, but I think that's also another point. Like wh- how I said with the Frankenstein of that is like, or even Pet Cemetery is that if uh, it's good that not only does it does do its thing, but it oh kind of opens up this this Pandora box of like different opportunity. Like you know what I mean mm. of like of like the well yeah like that is like if you did come back, would you be yourself or would it be something else? And mm. then that can open up another can of, can of worms. Cause like I said, like the pet cemetery, at least it's like, you know, cage died. It was just cages body that came back. But like, what about if it was cage and like the neighbor kid down the street and somebody else yeah. put together, then like, then like, that's a whole nether like weird thing. Is it like, you know, that's like the reanimator or something like that. Like, yeah. You get this weird hodgepodge of character, you know, people put together and, you know, if there are souls that are in your body, would they be combined? You know, who's fighting for what? Uh, that's, that's going to be an interesting topic, but it just focusing back on the monsters. I think what the, what makes any monster story, uh, and I think this is the heart of any monster story is the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. That's really where your bread and butter is going to be in any, I mean, almost any horror story for the most part, but definitely monster stories. And then if you, a lot of times the monster story, the trick of it is, is a lot of times, you know, for it to be really memorable, is it just not like this huge slaughtering machine. It's like, you feel bad Mm. for Frankenstein. I think you feel kind of bad for Wolfman, too, because it's like, you know, he's cursed, you know. I mean, Dracula, you don't don't give a shit. He stabbed that motherfucker. Like, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's another uh, important aspect of, uh... Well, the thing is, though, Dracula, maybe not so much the, you know, the evil Vlad the Impaler type of Dracula, but if you think of any other vampire, especially ones that didn't choose to be vampires... Yeah, they got turned against their wills or whatever, so they're forced to live that way. Let's scale it up. Do you think it's harder to create a good monster story when all of a sudden your monsters are bigger, when you're starting to deal with kaijus and Godzillas and, you know, even like the blob or things like that? Like, you know, things that are, one, probably ridiculous. Like, if you're writing a story about a giant lizard attacking Tokyo, how are you going to make that scary, you know? And for the, you know, Godzilla wasn't a horror movie, but... uh, It could have been. Oh, it could have been, but, like, we both H.P. Lovecraft fans, you think of, like, the ancient ones. Fans might be a little bit of a hard term, but I get what you're saying. You like the representation of H.P. Lovecraft in modern fiction, is what I'm saying. Yeah. You like, you know, Cthulhu monsters and stuff and kaijus and things that are based on the ancient one, even though you might not like the original. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird because it's, like, the original stuff that he did. You like the mythology he's created. Yeah, but not so much his actual work. Yeah, I Just mean, because, again, it's the, um... As as they call back to the code open, it's just difficult sometimes to get there for completely if, different reasons. If you like Tolkien, uh, or I mean, you like you know fantasy and stuff, you might not actually like like the original Lord of the Rings, but you like all the things that he created yeah, that came into yeah, future cause that's works. Because ba- that's basically the basis of most is, modern is, yeah, fantasy. Is like the Bible of uh, you yeah. know of what fantasy is now. That's that was the main thing I learned when reading H.P. Lovecraft's collection is that. It's not necessarily the original work that you enjoy. It's the, you know, what came from it. Uh, sometimes the, the initial seeds are not that glamorous, but, you know, the blooming tree afterward yeah. is what's really beautiful. But anyway, uh, when you scale things up and you have, like, some giant monsters and stuff, how do you go about making those scary? Because I'm thinking well, of, like, Polly Cooley's The Black. See, I immediately went to, like, The Mist. 
Okay, the, well, actually, I didn't see that. So, but that was like uh, Cthulhu type monsters in the mist, right? Yeah, you never watched the mist. No, but that's we've had this conversation. But that's more along the lines of like the unknown again, because you don't really see the creatures, right? You see like tentacles, but you never yeah. see the whole. It's not like Clo- even like Cloverfield. I, I didn't see that one either. I don't actually like big monster movies, <laughs> but Cloverfield was like one where it's like you never saw the whole thing until yeah, you, maybe the end. Yeah. Even so, I think it's very hard to write like big monster characters that are actually scary why hp lovecraft's monsters like cthulhu and stuff who are these giant huge things why they're so scary is because you never really see them too much they're always just alluded to uh maybe the smells or the weird textures but it's always uh an unspeakable horror you that know would drive we've had this conversation that would, that would drive you to madness if you ever laid eyes upon it any man who lays eyes upon the cthulhu will go mad and it's just but you could never actually see it but that is well, what makes it scary. But once well, you reveal Cthulhu, now he's like a meme. You know, and he's I mean, a cute. And, but without H.P. Lovecraft, you would have one of our one of our favorite franchises, The Evil Dead. True. Okay, we would have and, no and Necronomicon. It, that or it'd be something completely different. It would be very different, yeah. And because, uh, because like, I mean, like, not only because like I kind of knew the Necronomicon was like an H.P. Lovecraft thing. Yeah. But I never knew. Like until I actually start reading his stuff, that they not only do they they use the name, but they also kind of play with some of the actual like yeah. you know I don't think they really had like many zombies or anything like that in, in his work, but just of like wristcraft and like you know the dark arts yeah and things like that and the book of the dead and the the mad Arab uh something I forget that guy's name uh he's a cool character. What are some of your favorite monsters? And we don't have to go generic, just Wolfman, Frankenstein. Right. Like, we, you know, you can go into actual monsters. Because I've been getting in a lot of, like, mythological monsters. Because apparently Ireland is just chock full of the most creepiest fucking monsters I've I ever mean, heard. that makes sense. And what are your, like, the Japanese ones, too, are fucking... Oh, those ones are just creepy. Yeah, you want to talk about monsters. They have a lot of spirits. That's a good monster. Because spirits could be any kind of monster, really. Yes. Spirits of demons. Spirits, demons, devils. Like, you think of, like, the ring, the grudge. Like, yeah. they're almost the same kind of monster, but they're not at all. Like, it's different. Uh, the, you know, the it's usually, like, the ven- vengeful spirit is a good one. See, I like zombies and stuff, and, like, the Jason, and even, like, the psychopath, like slightly otherworldly michael myers type of monsters to me those aren't really monsters anything is too human yeah that's just kind of like a crazy person or you know like a leather face that's not that's just a crazy person which is scary yeah but i wouldn't consider that monsters now freddy krueger that's borderline because he started out as a person but he became this other thing he became like a monster so he's like a demon kind of Uh, they explain it later on in the fucking series which is kind of cool same with the hellraiser franchise you know like pinhead and the cenobites they're all human at one point and then they got turned into these demon freak things and uh i find that very terrifying if that was a real existence if you had to go into that kind of world and you know what folks if you haven't read stephen king's revival i'm going to spoil the ending for you i already talked about this previously but not the ending so if you don't want to hear the ending i would say tune out for the next five minutes or so the end of revival uh jamie the main character gets to peek into what's on the other side of life of the other side of existence and it's just this bleak hp lovecraft world with this impossible geometry of the you know these ruined city that just goes skyward into a black dead sky where there's some kind of ancient ones that are watching over these giant ant monsters that just have an endless supply and an endless line 
of naked humans who have died and are just stuck marching and being tortured by these fucking ant monsters, which the ant monsters are ruled by the crazy ancient one. And it's just, it's very fucking terrifying. Yeah. Uh, but I think what works, that works so well with those kind of monsters is, other than the ants, like, the ancient ones aren't described. Yeah. H.P. Lovecraft style. They're not, you don't, you don't see them. You, like, you, you get alluded to, you kind of see a little bit, but you don't actually get to witness that horror. Yeah. Uh, and it was just, what it was great about it is he just had a peek into this. He didn't get stuck there. And, and like, the cool thing about that and, um... And I don't think like they they don't they don't do that in this book, but like to, like in a story like that. And then the also fun part is it's like, but is that actually what he saw? Was that real? Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like that's always a cool thing to you know to play with too. Um, when it comes to like those kind of stories, is the you might have you, you found out the answer, but was it the actual answer? Do you believe it's the answer? Testing one's sanity. Yeah, that's a good thing too. Is like a cool one, which is why I like. Uh, stories that deal with insane asylums a lot because they all like you never know you know you have the unreliable narrator and you never know what's real that's what i like is you go fear of the unknown but what's cool about those is even when it becomes known it might still not be real so you're saying you really like shutter island i never read shutter island was it a book yeah are you talking about the movie i yeah i was talking about i never watched the movie you're not that one. I won't give you too much shit about. Right. I did finally watch Inception not that long ago. Oh yeah, it was fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it, but it was nuts. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know what I would go with. Like, I think if I would go like, uh, favorite, it'd probably have to be closer something to the generic. Like, I always thought like the Wolfman was so much untapped potential, mm-hmm. especially recently, because you know. The the uh vampires had a big comeback. Zombies yeah. had a big comeback. You like, want you know? your Wolfman? Yeah, like well, you could do it, and you could do a decent Wolfman now, especially with like how the makeup and stuff is. Yeah, not that Benista Toro. Uh, I feel but... like it's hard to do a good Wolfman story you... just because there's not that much to tell unless you change the canon of the Wolfman. Like if you change the how it becomes the Wolfman or what the Wolfman actually is. Because it's just you know he tears people apart and stuff, but and if he bites you, you could become a wolf man. But that's the only two real things you have to play with, mm. as far as I know. I've only read a handful of Wolfman stories, say, and they were all very similar. I'd say, is there like a, like how there's like there's Dracula, there's Frankenstein, with like those two kind of things are burnt out from there. Is in there that, like a Wolfman in that Penny Dreadfuls collection I have over there? there I think it, there's a German story called the Wolfman, and it's spelled weird. Uh, I think that's the original. Because, like, the werewolf in London, that's just, that's not based off of anything, is it? Is that just a, just that's a just a man m- story? But, I mean, it's not, like, a book called, like, you know, the the werewolf from, from London or whatever. No, I think the first instance of the wolf man, and I'll look it up, but I think it's that story, I think... I'm pretty sure I read it, and it was, it was almost like, uh, Ichabod Crane, uh, you know, Sleepy Hot Legend of Sleepy mm-hmm. Hollow, like the original story, is like, oh, this is not that good. Like, yeah. <laughs> I thought this was so much cooler. They, again, the source material is not as cool as what they did with it later. Now, do you, like, like when it comes more to, like, the classic monsters, do you prefer Dracula set back in the time of that, like, you know, that it was originally, you know, written and stuff like that? Or do you like it whenever they, you know update you know have it take more like a modern time or you know something like that like do you have a preference or it depends what it is um 
because a lot of those are classic horror uh, monsters. They really work well in, in that time period. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which I guess you can really say, th- you know, about most horror stories. Uh, the Wolfman, by the way, was from North myth- Norse mythology, and it was adapted over time. Which most of the like Dracula wasn't, you know, that was based on old vampire stories too. Um, and didn't we didn't we cover Dracula? I think it was like the vampire spelled weird was like a story before Dracula came out that mm. somebody did. So, uh, you know, the old Nosferatu. But um, yeah, as far as modernizing. Uh, these kind of characters. I have no problem with it. I think Wolfman would be actually better in the modern setting just because you could, you could have more play with like the technology. You know, people catching it on like almost yeah. how it used to be like what like the Jersey Devil. Oh my God, I can't yeah. be like the Wolfman uh, because that's something that could be in the natural world. And it's like, why haven't we found this thing yet? But, you know, you can cause a, a, a muck with that. Uh, people like modern vampire stories. I don't. I just think it's kind of dumb because then, like, I feel like it's hard to tell a modern vampire story and be scary because they're just almost like elitist, you know, like they're just like, oh, yeah, we've been around forever. And in these modern times, we're billionaires and we just feast and party yeah. and engorge. I feel like it would be uh, scarier if you had a modern vampire that was almost like a mindless killing machine or mm. something along the like, like a zombie, but a vamp- like more like a. Nosferatu. I don't know if I, yeah. I I never watched the old movie, so I don't know how like thought like you know. If I think was, he was like a lord or something. But like, but like, like how he was like yeah creepier. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. He, Dracula has more of like Not, a suave kind of like. Hey, like, the vampires are always so good looking. Yeah, but you never get like a mongoloid vampire. You know, you, I want a lumpy fucking ugly vampire. But say, well, that's like that's what you get with like the Nosferatu. He's yeah. like, he you know the long fingers and the nose. Gross looking. The, yeah, looks like a monster. The Frankenstein story, I mean, you could redo that now if you wanted. It'd actually probably make more sense if you did it now. You could come up with better ideas for how he becomes, you know, the Frankenstein's monster. Uh, and try to have it adapt to modern life would be interesting. I would like to do a story where we were able to get, you know, the brain or the consciousness of someone who lived a long time ago and bring them back into a mod. And Frankenstein monster doesn't even have to be in human form anymore. It can be like an AI form. True. You could bring back somebody into, you know, like a robot or something. Cyborg Frankenstein. Cyborg Frankenstein. You could do a lot of cool shit with that. And this is going to touch upon what my personal favorite um, monsters are, are sea monsters. Yeah. One of the most classic kind of monsters. Because Moby Dick. I don't... Scary for other reasons. I, which, if honestly, if you were in the ocean and a fucking big sperm whale came up, it would be fucking horrifying. Especially in, the, in an old timey boat like yeah, that. Yeah, old rickety fucking wooden boat. I mean, it, it'd be it'd be scary if you were in like a huge like uh, <laughs> yeah, like well, like one of those cruiser ships. I don't really have many fears in life. Like, I'm not scared of heights or closed spaces or drowning even or any fire. Not none of that stuff. But what does freak me out is the idea of just being dropped in, like, the middle of the ocean. Oh, yeah. And in the dark, even if you had a life jacket, like, even if you're not worried about drowning, you're just going to be floating in the ocean at night. I'd be like, what the fuck is under me? Yeah. Like, it would be so terrifying. Just think of it. So that's where, like, sea monsters come into play because, which is great, too, because, like, space aliens, 
They can be anything because we don't oh, yeah. know. Yeah, what's we have down no there. idea. Yeah. And anytime we do find something new down there, it's hideous and horrifying. So I always love the idea. And there's so much space; it could be gigantic. You don't know. Yeah, because what's the, the saying is what we know more about yeah. outer space than we do at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, that's weird. And what's really scary about sea monsters, like the ones that we do know, like even just like great white sharks and giant squid, they're all terrifying. Yeah, they're all they're real and they're and, terrifying. And we think that they're gone, but we yeah. don't know that. Like the megalodon shark. Like, yeah, that thing's dead. But what if it wasn't? What if we just thought it was dead, but then we find one? And then now it's a real thing that's alive today. And we're like, oh, God, that's fucking terrifying. Like, anytime you just have some monster in the ocean. Because there's many times, like the giants, the colossal squid. We're like, oh, yeah, that might have been like a real thing once. That's not around anymore. And then they found it. And they're like, oh, I think they only found dead ones. And they're horrifying. No, they did catch one on camera. Yeah, and it was just like, because aren't they like suckers like the size of people's like heads? Yeah, like that stuff is terrifying. Um, Can you imagine that thing just on your head, just yeah. onto your face? But the great thing about sea monster stories, it's you can always do them. It. It, so far, that's one of the things. Like modern era, if anything, has only made it better because now we have more ways of detecting. You know, we, you know, we create a story where you could detect yeah some kind of sea monster, but that doesn't mean it's any less scary. Well, that's like, I watched the AMC a couple years ago. They did, uh, it was like a limited series, and it was based off of a book called The Terror. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of based on a true story. It was, I can't remember the actual date, but it was probably like early 1800s. It was early enough to where they were trying to find like new trade routes through, you know, shipping and shit like that from like England to other places. And so they were trying to cut through like Alaska. And, like, so one boat went missing, and so this other boat went to go find them, and, like, that boat also went gone. And, like, so, like I said, it's based off, like, a true event that's something that did actually happen, Mm. but, like, they never found anybody, so nobody actually knows. So, like, the story was, like, what happened to those guys, and so, like, they, when they were up there, they accidentally killed some inuits so like they kind of got cursed by like these inuits and like so like it was like this it looked like this creature thing but also like polar but there would also be like polar bears like actual things and they just started like picking off everybody in these cruise ship one by one and then also if you don't have that getting you people just start fucking cracking uh, like, you know yeah. what i mean they just people just start going crazy and it, and it was really good and then they, they did a second season but it was like this weird they had it like set in like a I think like a uh, Japanese internment camp, and it dealt with like ghosts or something. Like I, d- I didn't watch that season mm-hmm. because it was something completely different. I just never got around to it. There's always like that kind of stuff too, because not also does the monster get you, but the monster just also might drive you crazy and make yeah. you get yourself again. Back to the H.P. Lovecraft. Most of those monsters, it's not the monster that kills you; it's just uh, drives you mad. Went on this. What is your favorite monster story that you have read? Mm. That's putting you on the spot, so I'll go first here. I can't just name one, but I'll go, I really like Dracula. Yeah, Dracula's good. I really like Polly Cooley's The Black. Yeah. I'm looking forward to reading uh, Colony by uh, Benjamin Cross. Yeah. We haven't got to that, but another monster. I think that's a monster story. And it looks like it should be shaping up to be really good, so folks, check that book out. Uh, Or listen to our episode we did with Ben Cross, because just the way he was telling us about it, it sounded awesome. If it wasn't so goddamn girthy, I'd get to it now, but right. I think I'm going to read that over the winter. 
ones. I can't remember off the top of my head. Like, I guess you can consider, like, it a monster story. Yeah. That's a monster, and that's apparently one of the scariest ones ever made. Right. I mean, I only seen the movies, and those were fucking, you know, the it itself was really fucking scary, so I could see that being a terrifying monster. Again, you know, the unknown is like an alien, so... Um, well, the thing that's scary about it is, like, with it being, like, this word creature thing, like, it, it always gets focused on the clowns because people don't like clowns. Yeah. But, like, in the book, it, it was, was like, different things. Yeah, it's multiple things for different... And they did it in the movie, too, a little bit. And, like, that's what also... That kind of, that's what makes him so scary is not only, like, he's whatever you fear... He's the embodiment yeah, of fear. Yeah, whatever you fear the most, that's what he is. can't think of any other ones that really stick out to me that I've read. I'm trying to think of what I read, not just watched. Yeah. Because if I watch, that's a fucking giant list we can cover, but, uh... What about you? Have you read any monster story? I know you read some Joe Hill and stuff. Anymore. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know if it would count, but, like, in Horns, this guy kind of slowly gets turned into a, like, a, a de- like, into the devil, kind of. Like, these <laughs> horns are going out of his yeah. head, like, and he has these abilities. Uh, That's the problem well, with reading so many books, you forget. Well, his, um, his wraith had a, took a very, um, cool like interesting turn on the vampire mm-hmm. uh story to where like this guy he didn't like um he didn't like you know he didn't like suck your blood or nothing like that but mm-hmm. like he would get you in this car he would he would he literally like suck the life out of these children through them having them be in his car and drive yeah. them to the um, i forget the name of the land where it went to but like um but like he used that to say useful like he was like a yeah. couple hundred years old because he was you know he started to like take these kids in and just you know slowly drain off of them yeah. and stuff, and that that was pretty cool. If you're going that route, I would go with the you know like the energy vampires from Doctor Sleep. Something, yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, even though I didn't care for the actual original story, I'm gonna throw Legend of Sleepy Hollow in because that's a cool spirit story. Uh, and the imagery in that story is cool. You know, it's like a classic gothic tale. It just it wasn't it wasn't very long. It was only like uh, five pages or something. There was another one I... Did Poe ever do any monster stuff, or is this just a more... He did people, the, like, the people, like, aspect of, of the horror? He did Murder in the Rue Morgue, which I think it turns out to be a gorilla. I, I didn't re- uh, read that one. Oh, just speaking before I forget, Candyman, the story, and, um, which was The Forbidden, I read that just the other, last week, and, um, Hellraiser, The Hellbound Heart, the, that book. Uh, I thought those were like cool monsters. Clyde Barker does monsters really well, obviously, because uh, you know what they always turn out cooler in the movies than they were in the original works. But yeah. he does a lot of really cool. He's very hit or miss though. Like his short stories, are either like dog shit or really fucking creepy and cool. Yeah, as far as Edgar Allan Poe, I can't remember the closest I think would be like the Raven, which wasn't a monster, but it was like uh, you know a guy kind of going insane over grief. Yeah, I don't think that's that's one that he hasn't really touched on. I don't think he has really any monster stories that I've read yet. Uh, he has things that have, like, spirits and, you know, different things like that. But, like, a classic monster, I'm not sure. Where would you put Cujo at? Because he's not technically a monster. I think he's just a dog with rabbis. But, like, he's, it's, like, super rabies almost. Like, what dog do you know would be able Piss to... Piss acid and stuff? Yeah, like, would be able to just repeatedly bang their head off this car, rocking it back and forth. Like, that's a me- that's almost like some other... I would put Cujo in the Stephen King was on cocaine, yeah, and oh, it was yeah. just a shitty story. <laughs> it wasn't a good idea. I didn't read the book, so maybe it's good, but I didn't... I, I mean, it's not great, but it's definitely better than the, the movie, but... Yeah. Uh, it was a... It's a fun read, like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, uh-huh. nothing to write home about, but... 
I'll get you to read it eventually. Yeah, maybe in fucking twenty ninety eight. Anyway, that's I don't think we got anymore. See, next you 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 keep on saying that, but before you know it, I'm gonna have you get like I already got you through like a good like like what like at least five or six Stephen King books now, right? So yeah, then I guess you'll just fucking be very well read on Japanese literature by then too. Slowly chipping away. For you folks who don't know, every time Spencer tells me I gotta read a book, I make him read a book. <laughs> so he, he'll make me read a Stephen King book, and I'll make him read one of my books. Yeah, whatever it is. And that's where we're at now, <laughs> where we just keep reading uh, mostly weird stuff, but I mean, the Norm MacDonald book's not that. No. That wouldn't count that as a weird book. It's not. It's no coin locker babies. It's weird, but it's a different kind of weird. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's more of a quick, fun read. Uh, but anyway, if you folks got some monster stories you want to submit to Drunken Pen, uh, you can go to the Drunken Pen website, drunkenpenready.com. We have a contact page on there, but you can just go to our guidelines. Uh, just type in Halloween, and it should come up as, you know, the Halloween submission guidelines. We're still accepting short stories, flash fiction, and uh, poetry. Um, we got a good bit coming in now, so now I'm going to have to be a little more uh, particular in the uh, vetting process, uh, so really, you know, you want to put your uh, A-game on. Won't be in our prestigious publication. Also, you... or, or just slip us a five spot and you'll be fine. Yeah, if you want to just hit donate, we'll fucking slip you in. You might be on like a midnight publishing, but you know what? Yes, people read it. Uh, people have been really liking some of the stuff that's been published, which is uh, awesome. You can go and follow us on the old Twitter, at DrunkPenWriting, Facebook and Instagram, DrunkPenWriting. And Spencer's OnlyFans this week is the Anchorage Asswang. <laughs> A-S-W-A-N-G. Asswang. You're getting a little creepy with these, aren't you? Well, you know, it's tis the season. And since we were talking, I think the next episode we should do is about mythological creatures. And we'll actually come up with a list of the creepiest, yeah. scariest ones. Because like I said, there's, there's like some Irish ones. Like one that's like a fucking half horse half fucking demon ghost monster thing and lives in the water like all kinds of weird shit so we'll do that next week and uh america hasn't been around long enough to have like cool creepy monsters yet who america we have a lot of native american monsters yeah but i mean like the wendigo and you know all that shit bigfoot people really give a shit though they should they should they got a native american collection over there and they got some awesome stuff in it but do they though well no because fucking people in the united states are terrible if you read American Gods, you fucking jerk, like I told you to, you would know that uh, the United States is, is, as your favorite word, hodgepodge of all the mythological monsters from around the world. I do like hodgepodge. Yes, you do. And I'm going to go eat some succotash. Suffering. Succotash.